Baba Kama, Daf Mem Ches. We're starting from the bottom. Mem Zayin and Mem Five lines up from the bottom. Yibayiluhu. Heichel the couple of Naturusa. In a case where someone accepted responsibility to watch something. So in other words, this is the case that we were referring to yesterday. Where someone says, uh, someone requests permission to leave something in the landlord's yard. And he says, no problem, you can leave it here. And the assumption, as we said, according to the Rabbanon, is that even if he doesn't so, say so explicitly, but it's assumed that he's going to watch it. So what does that mean he's going to watch it? Mao, the Nafshi of the Kabbalah doesn't mean the responsibility of guarding against his own damage, meaning that he's making sure his own animals, whatever, won't, won't uh, damage the property which was left in his domain. But he's not necessarily guarding against uh, a de- a outside damage. He's accepting it, Mamash, like a full-fledged Shomer. By saying you can leave it here, he's a full-fledged Shomer. I'm going to guard it from any possible thing, even from the outside. Let's bring a proof. The Tanya Rav Yudah Barisimah Ben Yizak and Ve'Karna. Ben Yizak said the following: Brisa in Yizak in the school of Karna. Hilchos Peiros of a Chatzar Rabbi Shalom Bershev. Someone brought his brothers into the to the homeowner courtyard without permission. Uvashar Makamachav Achlason, and an ox comes from somewhere else and he eats it. Potter, he is exempt from liability. We'll have to see who he is. But if he brought it in, they brought it in with permission, then he is liable to pay. So, who do we mean? Who is exempt and who is liable? Lav doesn't mean like this. That the owner, the landlord, is Potter in the Reisha because it was brought in without permission. But in the safe it was brought in with permission, then the, the owner of the courtyard is liable to pay. What's the shot? Because you accept responsibility for it. And since you accept responsibility, then you have to guard it, even though the damage might be coming from an outside source. So it's a riot, even though the damage is coming from the outside, that where he accepted the responsibility to guard it, and has to guard it from the outside as well. It says the Gemara is not a proof. Amri lo, potter balashar, v'chai balashar. When the bridesman meant that he's potter, we mean the owner of the ox that came in and ate the produce is exempt, in the case where the produce was left without permission. And the owner of the ox is liable to pay for the produce if it was left with permission. So really, the owner of the court will be potter if it was left with permission because he only accepted to watch it from his own damages, not from the outside. When the bride son, the Sefer, was saying chayav, chayav means the owner of the ox who came in and ate it. Says the Gemara, if we're talking about the owner of the ox, what difference is there if the produce was left with permission or without permission? Meaning to say, if your chayav is because you should have guarded your ox from going into someone else's field and eating the fruits, What's the difference if the fruits were left there with permission or not? Either way, you should be liable. So as the Amri, this is the difference. Bira shows when the fruits were left there with permission and then they were eaten by my ox that's trespassing. Then it has a din of eating someone else's fruit in the rishos of the nizak. Remember, there's a big difference between when my, my animal eats fruits in rishos nizak or when it eats it in rishos arabim. Shein rishos arabim is potter. So where the fruits are supposed to be there, they have the rights to be there. So then what? I have to pay. If it was left in a private yard without permission, so even though it's in a private yard, but since I have no rights to put my fruits there, so therefore, it's no different than it's not really public, but it's like the public, meaning that it's not the Nizak here is not the owner of the field. So that's what we're explaining. Very gishmak. Really, the liability of the person Person who accepted, who said, put it here, is only for that. He won't destroy it now that someone else won't destroy it. Chai for Potter here means the owner of the ox that's eating it from the outside. The difference with there's Rishos or not Rishos is that if there's no Rishos, then it's not because the Nizak doesn't own the field. Therefore, it's like Rishos or Avim, and the halacha is 
Shein b'shus Rabbim is potter. Says the Gemara, Tashma, another price. We try to bring a proof. Someone brings his ox in into someone else's courtyard without permission. Another ox comes from somewhere else and gores it. So it's not being gored from the homeowner's ox. It's being gored from another ox which is trespassing. Potter, he is exempt. But if the ox is brought in with permission, Chayav, he is liable. So my Chayav and my Potter, what does the price mean? In the first case, you're Potter. In the first, in the second case, you're Chayav. Who is Potter and who is Chayav? Lav, Potter, Baal, Chatzor, Chayav, Baal, Chatzor. Presumably, it means the owner of the courtyard. And we see that if he accepted that you could put this here, and he's saying you can put this here and I will watch it, even from damage which will occur from the outside, from the outside. Says the Gemara, the difference is whether the owner of the shar is going to pay. The owner of the chatzir never pays for outside damage. It's all about the owner of the ox. Says the Gemara, what's the difference whether the ox that was left there was left there with permission or not? What's the difference? And remember, here it's a harder question because here, it's, it, what, what, what type of damage is it? It was a goring. Goring is Karen. Karen pays the same. So what's the difference? So Amri Hamani Remember Reptarfun's opinion that there's a, a distinction between Karen that happens versus Rami pay half damages. But if it happens versus Anizak, Reptarfun's opinion is you pay Nezik Shalim. That's unique Reptarfun. So the Amri Mishona Karen Bachatzar Anizak Nezik Shalim Shamar. Go on like Reptarfun. That Tom versus Anizak pays full damages. So the law is what we're saying here. When we say Pater Achayev, we mean are you Pater Achayev for the extra half? Bereshus, if the ox was brought there with permission, have the Karen Bachatzar Anizak. So it's treated like Karen Bachatzar Anizak. But if it was there without permission, therefore it's treated no different than if it happened in the street. He's only going to pay half damages. When it said Chayav or Potter was talking about the owner of the trespassing ox, and it meant on the extra half damages. Says the Gemara story which relates to the concepts of yesterday. He There was a woman who goes into a home uh, with permission. And she's going to bake bread. So in other words, she asks, can I use your, your, your yard to bake bread? She's setting up shop over there. Also, Baruch HaDemar, the base of the goat, which owned, which belonged to the homeowner, shows up. Ach, Lisha, eats the dough. Chavil, it got um, like a fever, umis, and it dies. Chavir Rav, the Shalom, the Baruch said that the woman has to pay to the homeowner the value, uh, the value of his goat. Meaning Rav is saying that the, the, the woman has to pay. Or she shows up, she should have been more careful to make sure that the homeowner's goat did not eat from her dough that she was making because it could have caused him to get sick. She has to pay. Says the Gemara, that, that's against what Rav said yesterday. Remember the case where someone put, put, put produce in someone else's domain with, without permission. And the homeowner's animal overate it and it died. What do we say? Shouldn't have eaten, meaning even if I have to watch, but I don't have to accept against, against them. I don't have to uh, guard against something which the animal brings upon itself. So if the animal eats it and it dies, so therefore we said yesterday that uh, your potter. So to hear why is Rav obligating this woman to pay the home the homeowner the value of his goat if the goat should not have eaten? Says the In Rav's case, the produce was brought in without permission. So therefore, the one who brought it in um, didn't have necessarily responsibility. He never accepted responsibility to guard it, to guard the, the animal. So he could claim it should not have eaten. I just am liable for the one thing I could be liable for is for putting an obstacle in your in your in your yard. And I could tell you no, I'm not Chayv Enochos Bar because it shouldn't have eaten. That was the argument yesterday, because it was all without Rashus. But Shus, here I only let you come in because you're going to, with permission. So therefore Kiblon Azirusa, she's accepting upon herself the responsibility to guard it. Meaning that was the, the, the exchange. Yes, you can use my yard, but only if in return, you're going to make sure that my animals won't get harmed from eating any harmful dough. So therefore, we're saying 
that uh, in this case, when the woman comes in, she accepted responsibility to make sure that her dough wouldn't hurt the animals. Says the Gemara, is that true? When you, when you are um, granted permission to come in, does that mean you're going to watch the, the things that are going to happen? What happened about yesterday? Why is it than the case we mentioned yesterday? A woman came in to grind wheat in someone else's domain without permission. And the bride said, if I'm grinding the wheat, and the homeowner's animal eats the wheat, so he is exempt from paying. Why? Because I never chose to be there. If his animal was harmed by it, the woman is liable to pay damage. And we can infer, the reason why she has to pay damages is because she entered without permission. So therefore, she... She, she has to be careful that her, her stuff, her chitin, doesn't damage the animals. But if she would have permission to do it, Pazza should be exempt from paying damages because I'm allowed to be here. So we see that if a woman receives permission to do a chore in someone else's domain, that doesn't mean she's accepting automatic responsibility for, guard, for, for guarding his animals not to get damage from her food. So basically what we're asking is, in our case, What's the difference between baking bread in the case of where she's going to grind the wheat? In the case where she's going to, going to grind the wheat, the inference is she has permission to do it. She's potter even if the homeowner's animal got damaged. Today we are saying if the woman is given permission to break the bread in someone's rishos, she is liable to pay if the animal got damaged. Says the Gemara, Amri, little, when it's grinding wheat, you don't need any privacy to do that. So therefore, the owners of the yard don't have to leave. So therefore, if you want to give me rishos to grind the wheat, but that doesn't mean I'm going to watch your animal. You still watch your animal. You gave me rishos, so you watch your animal while I grind the wheat. There's no assumed acceptance of responsibility. When it's baking bread, given the Bayatsiniyusa, she requires privacy. Why? Rashi explains, women roll up their sleeves. When they're, when they're dealing with the dough. So therefore, it's a lot of exposure of her arm. And therefore, she really needs privacy. Therefore, the owner of the yard is probably going to leave the yard. So if I let you come in to break bread, the assumption is I'm going to leave the premises and you're going to be alone. So therefore, the assumption is you're going to guard my animals. That's kind of the point. If you want your privacy, great. I'll give you, I don't even exit the premises. It's all yours. But at least do me the favor. Make sure that your, your dough does not harm my animal. All right, continues the Gemara. So someone brings his ox into a homeowner's courtyard. So someone brings his ox into someone else's courtyard without permission. So here what happened was, the ox, that's there without permission, it does all sorts of, makes all sorts of holes in the courtyard. So the owner of the ox obviously is liable to pay for the damage to the courtyard. Right, you have permission, damage it, obviously he's liable. But now what happens if the, if the homeowner is mafkir his rishos and people walk through and there are holes and they fall in. So it's a bar. Who's chayef for that bar? The owner of the courtyard is liable to pay for damage caused by his holes, meaning if he made the property ownerless. Now people are walking through and one of the animals falls to a pit, he is the one who's liable. Doesn't the Pasuk say there's a drasha? If a person digs a pit, not an animal dog digs a pit, meaning you're not liable to pay for damage that's caused by a pit dug by an animal. So let's say you're in the street and your animal digs a pit and then another animal falls in, you're not high to pay. So what's the difference? Why are we saying here that the homeowner has to pay for the, for the pit in his, in, in his yard that he declared ownerless if it was dug by an animal? Because the owner of the courtyard was supposed to fill it up before making it ownerless. He didn't fill it up. He made it ownerless when there was already an open pit there. It's like he dug it itself. Meaning what we're saying is that the halacha, if a man digs but not the ox digs, that's a pit which was dug by an animal in the street. So there, you don't own the pit. You have no responsibility to fill it up. The only basis for the chiv is the fact that you shouldn't be digging it. So there we say, very good. That's only 
only if you dig it, but not if an animal does it. But over here, it's a whole different lambdas. Over here, the Nakuda is your property. Don't declare your property ownerless when there are hazards in it that will cause people damage when they walk through. So therefore, if who cares who, who made the pit? The point of liability is don't be mafkar right now with the pit in it, and therefore it's as if you dug it and you're liable. It says the Gemara from Amar Rava, someone brings his ox into a homeowner's court without permission, it damages the homeowner or Babais who's a bow, even if the homeowner was damaged because he tripped over it, right? He was just damaged over it. If the ox's owner is liable because it was there, so he, he's going to have to pay for any damages that it causes. Ravas, but if it just drops down to the ground, it would seem that, you know, like it, Pashib shot would be like, you know, it smashed something when it did that. Potter. Then the owner of the ox is exempt. So, how could that be? Ravas Potter because it drops down. He's Potter. I'm a papa. My Ravas is glowed It means he let dung come out from it. Meaning, if the dung came out from the animal, and it damages the, 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 the garments, the dung is, it makes them dirty. So, the owner of the ox is Potter. Why? What's the shot? Because here, it's not the, the ox itself. What it is, Avigloland Bar. The dung is really a classified under bar, meaning once dung comes to the ground, it's just a hazard. So therefore, therefore, it's really considered to be a bar. Now Rashi says the case is that it dirtied, dirtied the garments after it already fell. Because if it would do it as it would be falling, it would be forced, right? That would be Tzoros. Presumably, you would pay something. But the case is rather that the, the dung came out and it hit the ground and now it settled and then it somehow dirtied the kalim. So we say that's only the damage of bar. Bar, what's the big halacha? You don't pay for kalim. Bar is liable when, live, when, when, um, when another animal falls in. But you don't have to pay. Bar doesn't pay for kalim. So, so too over here, over there, we're saying that the Kalalim are viewed as an obstacle that was placed in the Rishos, and therefore it's not Chayef for Kalim. Says the Gemara, well, wait a second, is it really an obstacle? Remember, we have Machlokes. That Shmuel holds that if an obstacle is left, even if it belongs to a person, it's still classified as Bar. So it's Bar. So this obstacle, even though it's owned by the owner of the ox, so it's, 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 it's still a bar, and bar is Pater and Kalim. Well, Rav says, I'm out of that something is not an obstacle unless it's ownerless. So according to him, it's not an obstacle. So what is it? If you remember Rav's opinion back from Dav Gimel, it's all under Shar, someone's property that is, that, that, that is still owned. Um, is like Shar, according to him. So therefore, you should be liable for damage it does to utensils. So the Mar says, Amri, Presumably, you will make it ownerless right away. Right? We don't assume that the, the dung that drops from your animal, you actually want to take with you. So therefore, it is ownerless. Therefore, it's classified as bar. And therefore, everyone would agree to the halacha that if it damages Caleb and the riches afterwards, then he's going to be potter because bar is potter and Caleb. Says Gemara, another halacha. All the halachas are trespassing here. Someone comes into the homeowner's court without permission. He himself physically damages the homeowner or homeowner trips over him. He is liable to pay. He has no right to be there. So therefore, he's liable even if he was passive. If the homeowner didn't add damage to him, Potter, he doesn't have to pay. Meaning, let's say he's there, he's trespassing, and the homeowner um, inflicts damage on him, the homeowner is Potter. What's the pshat? The pshat is because he didn't know, he was unaware of the presence of the trespasser. He didn't know he entered his yard. So therefore, he's totally exempt. He doesn't have to, you know, exhibit any restraint towards someone that he doesn't know is there who's trespassing in his yard. Where even if, it's, if, if the person is trespassing, once you realize that he's there, he's going to have eyes high. Then if the homeowner to damage him, he is liable. My time, the trespasser says, Yeah, you have rights to evict me. You can throw me off your property. Do you have a right to damage me? How do you determine if he knows or doesn't know? Right. So how do we assume? I guess it would be Adam's can testify he saw him or something, or maybe they called to one another. Maybe he called out and said, leave the premises, and he's not leaving. And he goes and he starts doing it. So this is a very interesting um, 
point over here, you know, like secular laws is, 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 is like probably all over this. If someone's on you, trespasses, and you know, you have a right only to a victim to come to leave, but not to damage him, to what extent? How does that, how does, how does that law play out? But the Gemara seems to be saying here that the, the homeowner would be liable. Once he's aware he's there, you can't damage him. Ah, he's not, he doesn't have a right to be there. Very good. Try to get me off your property, but you can't damage me. Um, you don't have a right, right to do that. It says the Gemara it seems to be that there are Lashitas from over here. What do the Amaram say? Two people are in a place and they both are acting with permission. Rashi says either they're in a street uh, altogether. So they're both acting without permission. Rashi says, let's say they're both running in the street. They damage one another, and they're liable to pay for damages. Hosku they're damaged through one another passively. They are potter. Um, they are part because there is not an act of active, active uh, damage. Uh, so we can infer time where they're both liable in the first case and both part in the second case. Where they both document permission without permission. In a case where one person has permission, and one person does not. What's the halacha? When acting with permission is exempt, even if he's doing it in an active way. But if he's doing it without permission, he's liable even if he is passive. So that's like what we said when the trespasser is there, as long as the owner wasn't aware he's there. So even if he does active damage, he is potter. Whereas the trespasser is liable even if he does passive damage. Again, provided that the homeowner doesn't know that he's there. All right, the Mishnah said, The trespasser's ox falls into the, the, the swimming pool, falls into the, the, the cistern, and the waters go bad. Um, so the, the trespasser is liable. Cases that have fouled the waters right in the moment that he fell in, meaning the ox was, was dirty. So the, the falling in, the dirt right away dirties the water. But if it's after he fell in, meaning the contamination is not immediate, it's just like when the ox is sitting there for a while, then eventually the waters go bad. Potter, so the owner is exempt. My time was reason have a sharp bar. The ox is acting as a bar. It's not. It's an inactive sort of damage. Very interesting. It's not considered char because it's if it doesn't get passive, then it's like a bar. Right? What's a bar? A bar is when something is like passive, it's not moving in any way, and the damage and the damage occurs. So here, even though it is an ox. But it's still classified under bar when it's passive damage coming out. So Avishar bar, my and Kalim, the, the water over here are like utensils. It's not a live thing. When the Torah says you don't pay for Kalim, you don't pay for water either. That only makes sense according to Shmuel that a bar could be something even if the owner owns it. Remember, Rav holds that a bar is only something that is ownerless. Michael, what are you going to say? So here it has to be Shar according to Rav, even if it's passive damage after it fell in. And if it's Shar, it should be liable to pay for damages. So the Gemara says, you're right. We have to amend Rav's statement. The case that you're liable to pay for the waters is only if the ox made it dirty with its body, meaning that there must have been some dirt on it and it dirtied the waters. But if it's just the smell of the carcass after it died, meaning the animal dies and there's such a bad smell coming off the carcass that therefore now the, de- the water got ruined, Potter, the owner is, is Potter from paying. My time was reason grama ba'alma. That's just a grama. The, the stench of the, car- of the carcass is not really the carcass itself. It's only caused through the whatever, whatever the decaying process that's making the smell. So grama ba'alma loma chayv. You're not chayv to pay for things that you cause. It has to be more of a direct damage. So therefore, if it's just that the ox dies and now it's, an odor comes out, so then you don't have to pay for the water. Says the Gemara, what did the Mishnah say? If let's say someone was swimming in the swimming pool and the ox fell in and it kills them, so then the owner of the ox has to pay kofer. Presumably the ox is a tom. Why do we think it's a tom? Because it's very weird to kill a person by falling into a pit. So presumably it's the first time that that happened. 
So when it, what do we learn? Tom usually doesn't pay kofar. So why pay kofar? I'm a rav and we'll leap up in the other bars. We're dealing with the case where the ox was muad to fall into people in pits and to kill them. Meaning he actually had done, killed three people already in this way. So in other words, it's an intentional thing. So the ox should be put to death the very first time it did it. How did it ever become alive to become a muad? Meaning presumably it did it intentionally to kill. So therefore, for even the first time, it should, it should be killed. So how did it happen three times that the ox was still alive? So there's a similar type of problem we had back a long time ago. Balkabanim, the Mara is stuck now. How do we say that this ox is a mu'ah to fall into pits and kill people, and yet it's kept alive after times? Presumably, that's an intentional sort of act of damage, and we kill an ox when it intentionally kills. How did it wait around three times? The ox saw a vegetable at the tip, at the, at the top of the pit, so it's falling, un, so it's falling is unintentionally to try to get it, and it kills a person. So the mice, we don't kill the ox, it's this unintentional killing, it's really going for the vegetable. But it's a muad, it's a muad because clearly the owner should, should be more expected to watch against his ox, seeing vegetables on the top of pits, and not being careful enough, and slipping and falling in, and killing people. So therefore the mice, you pay kofar in the fourth time, the mice, um, the fourth time he has to pay kofar because now it's a muad, but we haven't killed the ox until that point. Says Amar, another explanation, if it's a Tom, why you're paying kofar? We have that one Tom, who holds that even a Tom animal that kills does pay kofar, just the kofar is half. Says the Gemara, now a third explanation, that it could even be a full kofar the first time. How could it be? Who holds Tom pays chazi kofar, but if you hold like Reptarfon, that Karen Bershus Hanizak pays Nezak Shalim. So then you can even make it that it's full kofar from a Tom. How? Tom holds that Karen only pays half damages in the street. But in a private domain, a Karen pays full damages. So if an animal kills a person and it's made high of kofar, like Rabbi Yosef, you high of half. But if it happened, Bershus Hanizak, kofar Shalim is Shalim. So the Mars is putting together two like minority opinions of Baba Kamba. We have the minority view that a Tom pays Chatsi Kofar. Most Tanam holds that Tom is bothered from Kofar at all. Rebbe Zaglili holds no, you pay half Kofar. And Rebbe from Shita is that Tom, Bechatsar Nizik pays Nizik Shalim. So if you put it together, so a Tom that kills intentionally in the, in the, in even the, just the first time, but, but it's Bechatsar Nizik, so it's going to pay a full Kofar. Says the Gemara, Bishlam who said that we're talking about a case the killing of a person in this specific spot, on, on, in, in his own premises. That's why it mentions the father or the son, meaning they're there by, they're supposed to be there, right? A father or son have the right to be swimming in his pool. So that's why, to emphasize the pshat is, that it's, um, that, it, that it's pershus hanizak. That, that's why we're emphasizing Ula's pshat. El Shmuel, that you're paying half kofar, then it could be even in the street. So my, you know, why are referring to a case where it's someone who has rights to be there Let's say a random trespasser was swimming in the pool. The halacha would be the same. The ox comes in and, 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 and he, he, he kills the person and he's paying half kofar. It would be the same because it, because it doesn't have to happen in, in Bershus Hanizak. If it, the shot is that you're paying half kofar. Mara says, work with the most You're right. It doesn't have to be that it was the father's son. It's just a normal case that it was a father or son who were killed as opposed to a, regular, or, or a random trespasser. All right. If he brings his odds in with permission, it was damaged there, the owner of the courtyard is liable. So what was the reason? What did we say? That if I tell the Tanakhama holds, if I allow someone to come in, then the assumption is that I'm going to guard it. Right? I'm going to guard it from damages. Whereas Revi said, no, unless I say that I'm going to guard it, then there's no assumption I'm going to guard it. So it's my Rav. If you let someone come in, the presumption is you're going to guard his thing. Shmuel Amar like a Rebbe, like a Rebbe, the assumption is not that you're going to guard. Tanar the Braiso says, Kanoz Sharqa Shamra, a homeowner tells his friend, bring your ox into my premises and guard it. 
What is the law? His if the ox did damage to the homeowner's property, its owner is liable. Whose ox, if the ox was damaged there, Potter, the homeowner, is exempt. What's the pshat? Because he told him, come in, but you have to guard it. Right? That makes sense. If he says, bring your ox into my premises and I will guard it, so then the Allah is going to switch. Who's Akai? If the ox was damaged there, the homeowner is liable. Hizik, if the ox did damage to the homeowner's property, Potter, the owner is Potter. Why? Also very simple, because I said I was going to guard it. But says the Gemara, the inferences are contradiction. There is a self-contradiction here in the Brisa. The Brisa is speaking about extremes, where I said you watch it, or I said I watch it. What if I didn't say anything? What if I just said come in? The first case, he spoke about someone who said, bring your oxen and, and you guard it. It sounds like it's a chai who's a pater. Time of the Allah Sharma is only because I said, you guard it. The chai of the Allah Sharma We say the ox, the ox's owner is liable, but the owner of the yard is exempt. Hastama, it sounds like if I just said, permission granted, right? I didn't specify who's going to watch it, what would the Allah be? Chai of the Allah Sharma, then the yard's owner would be liable. If the ox was damaged, and the ox's owner would be exempt. If his ox does damage, what's the pshat? It's going like the Rabbanan, the Vistama Kabbalah, and the That a person gives permission, the assumption is that he's going to watch it. So it sounds like from that opening line, if I say you are going to guard it, that's where the liability is on him. But if I don't say anything at all, the liability is on me. So it sounds like we're going like the Tanakama. But then, what did the Seifa say? If the homeowner said, bring your ox in. And he said, and I will guard it. So the law is, who's a chai, is potter, that if it was done, damaged by the homeowner, he has to pay. And if it was damaged by the owner, uh, if, it, if, it, if it did damage, the owner is potter. So it sounds like, it sounds like, if you wouldn't say anything at all, so the liability would be on the owner of the ox. When you say, come in, you're not necessarily accepting responsibility. That sounds like, us on the Rebbe, we're going like Rebbe. That it's still on the owner of the ox to guard his thing, unless the Balabai specifically said he was going to watch it. So raise your Rabbanah, if it's safe for Rebbe. How do you have that? So the Gemara says, and Rabbi Lazar Tavra, you're right, it's a contradiction. Whoever taught, the first part is not the second part. The first part is equipped of the rabbis, the second, equip, the second part is equipped of Rebbe's opinion. It's all the Rabbanon's opinion. That we assume, well, you didn't specify that you are automatically assuming to guard it. I did not say Reisha Shama, since the Reisha dealt with the case where he said, guard your ox, because that's the only case where you could say the visitor is responsible. So just for symmetry, the Seifa said, and I'll guard it. But in Achanami, the din of the Seifa would be the same if he didn't say anything at all. It's only why I specifically say, you, the visitor, should watch it. That's where he's still liable. But even Stama, it's like, it's no different than the case where you said, I'll guard it, and you're liable. Or Papa Makula Rebbe, after, actually, we're all going like Rebbe, that you don't assume responsibility unless you said so. But we go like Rebbe holds like Reb Tafin. Remember Tafin's opinion? Karen pays Nezik Shalom Bishos and Nezik Hilkach. What's going on is as follows. We're talking about Karen that happened. If the homeowner told his friend, you bring it in, but you guard it. So he's not giving him any ownership in the place of the yard, meaning he's retaining all the rights for himself over here. He's saying, you guard it. So he's precluding the visitor from having any rights in the yard. He's basically saying, you're an intruder, but I let you intrude. It's a very interesting perspective. I say, you could come in, no problem, keep your ox, but you have to guard it. So what's he saying? He's saying, you are in my place. This yard is not yours, it is mine. That's why you're watching it, right? You're like an intruder. I'm letting you intrude on my barn, my yard. Therefore, if the visiting ox gores the homeowner's ox, it's like Karen, which is done for Shusanizik. It's not like Karen done in the joint Rishus. It's like Karen that's done only in the Shusanizik. But Lord Marshama, the homeowner, did not say guard it. So what, what's going on here? 
If he didn't tell him to guard it, then if I give him permission to bring his oxen, he's giving him the rights to a place in the yard. When I say bring it in, I'm saying my yard becomes your yard. Both you, you can bring your oxen. It's like it's your yard as well. It's like both of our yards. Therefore, is considered a yard of both of them equally. Um, so therefore, when they're, they're, he's illegally using the space there. So you only pay half damages. So we're trying to say, that the bride was referring to a case where the visitor would have to pay full damages for Karen. That's why the first case, it dealt specifically the case where the homeowner said, guard your ox. He didn't give him any rights in the yard. It's not coming to give me an implication that if he wouldn't say anything, that'd be absolved and the responsibility would on him. No, the responsibility to guard, it's always going to be on the visitor, according to Rebbe, unless you spade it otherwise. The point is, is you're not going to be paying Nezik Shal. It didn't to pay Nezik Shal, it's only that you're treating like you're an intruder because you don't have your rights here. That's specifically where I said, and you still guard it. But if I wouldn't say anything, and yes, the responsibility is still going to be for him to watch, and he's going to have to pay, but he's going to only have to pay half damages. That's where the inference is coming to imply, because we're trying to bring out that point, whether it be like Chatzar and Isaac or not.